It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions about the Phillies-Tigers trade over the weekend, which prep arm from the 2022 MLB draft is going to pull an Andrew Painter this year, Phillies pitcher Mick Abel, and Angels catcher Logan O'Hoppy. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, more odds, more lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. As we do every single Monday, this entire episode is full of questions from listeners. If you have a question for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com, or drop your question in the new Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. Uh, it's just a lovely community where baseball fans are getting together to talk about minor league baseball and trading cards and, and or farm teams and their big league teams. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes, so check it out. So first question was about the Phillies-Tigers trade and kind of why... Why each team would make this trade and why the compensation was what it was. So uh, here's what the Phillies are getting. The Phillies are getting relief pitcher Gregory Soto, 27-year-old lefty. He was the 2012 IFA by the Tigers. Uh, he's been in the bullpen since 2019, and he's been the primary closer the last two years. Uh, one of those rare lefties with great velo. He sits 98 to 99 with his fastball. He can touch 100 with it. Throws both a four-seamer and a two-seamer. Uh, also has a slider. About since high 80s, he throws it about 20% of the time. Does technically have a curveball and a changeup, but you almost rarely see them. Uh, and the reason that he's been a kind of a second division closer and not a first division closer has been some of the command issues. He's had he's had command issues here and here and there throughout his career. 2022. He walked about twelve, <clears throat> about twelve point nine percent of guys. Now, I don't. He's not necessarily going to have to be the closer for Philly. He'll be able to take a, a little bit lesser leverage role. But it's 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 definitely a situation where this is a deal that they made because he had multiple years of team control. They were able to ship out a couple prospects to do it to go along with Gregory Soto. The Phillies also get second baseman Cody Clemens from the Tigers. Uh, yes, if you recognize the name, he is the son, the son of Roger Clemens. Uh, but he's a very good defender that has kind of shown that he has some power and things like that. So 60 games in AAA last year. He got some games at the bigs and they weren't great. But in AAA last year, 274, 327, 535. 13 home runs, 31 extra base hits, 20 walks to 71 strikeouts, 5 of 7 on stolen bases. and. We've kind of had a book on him since he was drafted in the third round of 2018 out of Texas, right? Uh, really good raw power, uh, hits too many ground balls, and doesn't necessarily elevate the ball as often as you would want, strikes out a little bit too much. Now, defensively, very, very useful piece, and I think this is why you see the Phillies go out and ask for Cody Clemens in this deal. 
because seen as having above average instincts kind of happens when your dad is a multiple time Cy Young Award winner. You kind of assume he was going to get there. Uh, as I had a, 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 an accurate, quick arm, not the most powerful arm in the world, but it's that the action is short and quick. He's accurate with it, so it works. He's played first base. He's played second base. He's played third base. He's played left field. He's played right field. So somebody that offensively, you have a couple questions and his ceiling's probably limited offensively. Uh, great raw power, but it's, it's the contact, right? You know, uh, and, and look at his 57 games he got in the bigs last year. 145, 197, 308, eight walks to 33 strikeouts. Struggled a little bit, but defensively can play almost anywhere, can, can, can play uh, seven of nine positions. He was actually one pitching appearance away from gaining fantasy eligibility as a relief pitcher. So he can even, uh, you know, come in as a position player pitching to mop up in games, can play, again, first, second, third, uh, left and right, can do everything except for probably center field and shortstop. And then I'm sure if you asked him to catch, he would catch and be fine at it. But I can give you competent depth at at six positions on the diamond, five positions on the diamond, uh, and and that's the kind of thing you need on your bench when you are a veteran team who is contending for the World Series. Now, the compensation that went back to the Tigers, I found it pretty interesting. Three players, uh, Matt Vierling, Nick Matten, and Donnie Sands. So, Matt Vierling, 2018 fifth rounder out of Notre Dame. Uh, And I think offensively, some of the, uh, the the story here, he got 117 games in the bigs last year. Kind of a, I'm not going to say like relief capacity, but didn't get to, to start a ton. Uh, what he did, 246, 297, 351. Six home runs, 20 extra base hits, 23 walks to 70 strikeouts, 7 out of 11 on stolen bases. Power is plus. I do think he has uh, swing and miss concerns. And... The contact ability is probably only average, but what I think helps and what I think you'll see him used for uh, in Detroit is he's particularly good against lefties. So 295, 333, 426 against lefties can be what he does in the outfield. And look at Austin Meadows, who is out there now. Austin Meadows in his career against lefties, 237, 296, 401. So it seems like a pretty pretty obvious slam dunk. You can take Matt Veerling and platoon him with Austin Meadows whenever you're facing a lefty. But defensively, Matt Veerling does give you some more stuff as well. Very good athlete. He can play uh, not only anywhere in the outfield. He's got plus speed, above average defense, arm is plus. He can be an above average defender in center as well as giving you um, plus defense in the corners. But he can also play first base and third base. So you have somebody who's incredibly versatile. Yes, you have some young players there. You have a Riley Green in the outfield. You have a Spencer Torkelson in the infield. But Matt Veerling gives you a, like a, a, a high floor as far as competent defense at multiple different positions and um, the potential of plus power if you can work on some of the swing and miss concerns. Uh, to go along with this in this deal, and probably one of the most intriguing parts of this is Nick Matten also goes to the to the Tigers. So 2017 seventh rounder out of junior college. Uh, and a guy that really was kind of blocked at just about every position in 
Philadelphia. So 35 games last year, almost all of them were as a reserve. 250, 341, 514. Five home runs, eight extra base hits, 10 walks to 29 strikeouts, no stolen bases. So we saw some things going on well as far as his contact ability. Uh, He walked just under 12% of the time. Now to go along with that, trying to get a little more power and things like that, 34% strikeout rate, and the chase rate was kind of high as well. Uh, The developments seem to be a little bit stalled. He's always been really good against velocity, right? Could always handle good velo uh, and kind of struggled a bit with spin, as a lot of younger players do. And he struggled with off-speed as well as last year as well and chased quite a bit. And so you have to kind of work that out. You know, work with him on the the chase of the off-speed and then just just flat-out missing, breaking stuff and spin. Uh, probably a cap of 15 home run power. But again, you've got questions about the hit tool, so you got to work that out. Now, while you're working that out, uh, he is defensively, speed's average, uh, arm is above average, but experience-wise, he's played all over the diamond, okay? So uh, range is good enough. He's, he's worked to stay there. He can play short, okay? He's played second. He's played third. He has played some in center field as well. and. For most guys, if they can play in center, they can play in the corners. And so he's another utility option that brings up the floor of your team because he can give you above average defense at three or four or five different positions on the field. So another higher floor, lower ceiling acquisition for Detroit as they try to get back to, I want to call it respectability. And then the third part of this deal is catcher Donnie Sands, 2015 eighth rounder out of high school by the Yankees. Uh, average contact, but below average power with decent plate discipline. Got 57 games in AAA last year. 308, 413, 428. Five home runs, 14 extra base hits, 38 walks to 44 strikeouts with one stolen base. He's a he's a good framer, good blocker, good receiver. Arm is below average, but it's your stereotypical, it's your prototypical backup catcher profile, right? Gives you above average defense, can occasionally run into one here and there, but he's here to give you competency at defense uh, and get a hit every now and again. So expect him to be the uh, the starting or the backup catcher to Eric Haas, probably what I expect to happen. Uh, but all in all, good value back for some just about ready to play prospects that will raise the floor of this Tigers team in return for a reliever that was a luxury item. You know, when you're not winning a lot of games, Having a a very good closer is a luxury item. So good return for the Tigers on this. Phillies get multiple years of team control of a reliever as well as a versatile utility defender. In just a minute, I want to get to a great question about high school arms from the 2022 draft. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Uh, Pro football, obviously, week 18 has just wrapped up for the NFL. We have all the playoff seedings now. That gets started over the weekend. Tonight, Monday night, is the College Football National Championship between UGA and TCU. If you still have time before the game starts, Go out, the Lockdown Podcast Network put out a crossover between the Horned Frogs host and the Bulldogs host. Go listen to that to get you ready. And then go check out Bet Online and see some of the lines. Right now, UGA is a 13-point favorite over TCU with an over-under of 63.5. They have a bunch of prop bets 
out there as well. Will both QBs throw for 300 or more yards? The, the money is on no. Will both teams score in the first quarter? That's even right now. Will either team score 50 or more points? So will anybody hit 50? Uh, the money is on no right now. First score of the game is a Georgia touchdown. So just lots of interesting stuff out there. How many field goals per quarter? Things like that. But it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because bet online where the game starts. Okay, great question from Ant Fuzz in our Discord. Uh, who is the high school arm from the 2022 draft most likely to pull an Andrew Painter? Uh, and so what we mean by this is to do like 2021 first rounder Andrew Painter of the Phillies did and come out and just be so incredibly dominant that we have no choice but to make you a number one prospect in your system and a top 50 prospect in baseball. You'll remember Andrew Painter blew through three levels last year, went six and two with a 1.56 ERA and 103 and two thirds innings, 25 walks to 155 strikeouts, the so 2.2 walks per nine, 13.5 walks per nine with five home runs allowed. And he did that by having a couple plus or elite tools. Uh, the fastball, 70 grade fastball, 96 to 97s where it lives, it touches 101. It's got good. Uh, induced vertical break to it. Uh, the changeup is a a very good changeup. He gets about 55% swing and miss on it and just under 40% chase out of the zone on it. Uh, very good slider. Has a curveball as well. Curveball blends in with the slider a bit. But then all of this is tied together by having phenomenal control, like 70-grade control. Andrew Painter can put any of these four pitches anywhere that he wants to, inside or outside the strike zone. And so that combination of size, 6'7", 215, as well as velocity and quality of the tools and ability to apply them in any at-bat, in any situation, make Andrew Painter a, a future ace. And there was some good debate in the Discord about the answer to this question, but kind of what I've come down to is you're looking at Brock Porter and Owen Murray. So to remind you uh, who these guys were, Brock Porter, 2022 fourth rounder out of high school. Uh, he's the number four prospect right now on my board for the Texas Rangers. And uh, 6'3", 188. The thing with Brock Porter, what I like is, so, so the fastball first, 97 to 98, he can touch 100 with it, uh, 70 grade pitch there. To go along with that, he's got a very, very good changeup. One of the better prep changeups we've seen in a while. There's another guy on this list a little bit later who has an even better one or had a, had a better one. But Brock Porter, like it's, it's upper 70. So there's a lot of velocity difference from the fastball, right? Because the fastball is 97, 98. But the arm speed perfectly matches. And so there's a significant velocity change with the arm speed matching. And then it has that, that fade to the arm side with some kind of late tumbling action to it. So a very, very good, very, very useful pitch that he can locate it well. He can, he can throw it in the bottom of the zone for strikes. He can drop it below the bottom of the zone for a swing and a miss. And then to go along with that, he's got a curveball and a slider. I have the slider ahead of the curveball right now. Curveball is kind of a vertical breaking curveball. Slider is very much... Uh, kind of a two-plane slider, and the slider 
I think can be an above can get to a plus pitch. It just needs a little bit more consistency to it. So not every single one of them lands correctly. And part of it is his arm action is kind of long. And and so it's a little suboptimal as far as controlling everything correctly and specifically getting the right angle uh on his delivery to make the slider do what it needs to do with both planes of break. Uh, he can throw strikes though, and again the control is pretty good, um, but he has the power to get away with the mistake because he can blow that fastball by you. Another guy who isn't as advanced right now as Brock Porter, but has the tools and is in the right system to develop this is Owen Murphy, number three pitcher, number three prospect for the Braves, uh, 2022 first rounder out of high school as well, 6'1", 190. The thing here is the fastball is probably a question about how good it's going to be, right? Velocity is about 94, 95, and it's got a ton of, an, of vertical break to it. But I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there's a ton more velocity you can get out of that pitch. I think he's pretty maxed out on it. Uh, it's not that great when he throws it up in the zone, and so it really ends up being something where, where I mean, there's a ton of uh, there's a ton of spin to it, ton of carry to it, and really good vertical break on it. But he has to just be careful of not throwing it too high in the zone. Uh, to go along with that, he's got a curveball, a lot of spin. It's kind of like a like a hammer curveball. Uh, sits in the high 70s right now. And then he had a slider-cutter hybrid Then Atlanta is changing. Uh, they switched Spencer Strider over to a gyro slider. And so that's going to be the same thing that they're teaching Owen Murphy. Going to kind of change him over to that. So a little bit more questions here about the ceiling. The fastball isn't as good as Porter's or Painter's. Uh, and the slider is going to get worked on. But in the meantime, the curveball is good. Uh, still plus pitch. The fastball is still a plus pitch. And the slider, if it can get there, could give you three different plus pitches to go along with above average control. There's another guy that is not going to be a breakout in 2023. Because he had, he had Tommy John surgery, but I think we'll have him down as a 2024 breakout if everything comes back correctly. And that's Dylan Lesko of the Padres. So first rounder in high school as well. Uh, but fastball before the injury, when he was in, in, in high school, sat about 95 miles an hour, touched 97, had a lot of late life up in the zone. The changeup is elite. I remember going through draft preparation stuff and seeing reports from scouts that this was an MLB ready changeup from a high schooler. I mean, just an absolute amazing, no projection needed to get it where it is. It is a, or when he had it before the Tommy John, it was elite an out pitch that would work in MLB right then to go along with it. He's got a plus curveball. It's high spin, can kind of vary the shape on it a bit, but it's got some good depth into the strike zone. It's just not as consistent. Uh, the delivery is very smooth. Uh, frame 6'2", 195. He's got some projection left in there. Troll was plus as well. All of this just comes back to how well does he recover from Tommy John. Uh, we're a lot better at it than we used to be, but it's still not a guarantee. In just a minute. I want to get to some questions about Phillies pitcher Mick Abel, Angels catcher Logan Ohapi, and the Cubs third base. 
But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We got to the holidays. My goal was to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but you don't want to compromise taste, then we've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built Bars. With Built Bars, healthy is actually tasty. Like They're so good that you won't think they're good for you. You'll keep thinking you broke your New Year's resolution. But they're good because they are covered in 1% real chocolate. Uh, They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, like peanut butter brownie, like coconut almond. They taste like candy bars. But they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And in the past, I've always told you to go to Built.com, check out the list of everything they had, and place an order using a promo code. Well, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can head to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and get a box of Built Bars, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, of double chocolate, or coconut puff. Or if you go to Sam's, you can get a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. So go to Built.com, check out what you like, go pick them up at Walmart and Sam's. You won't regret it. Okay, so Axe Joker on YouTube asked a question, will we see Mick Abel of the Phillies in the bigs this year? So 2020 first rounder out of high school, and what he did last year, divided between high A Jersey Shore and double A Reading, and most of this was in Jersey Shore. 23 starts in the minors, 18 of them were in Jersey Shore. He went 8-11 and with a 3.90 ERA, 108.1 innings pitched. 130 strikeouts, so 10.8 per nine, 50 walks, 4.2 walks per nine, 11 home runs allowed. So there's some good and some bad. The true answer to this, are we going to see him in the bigs this year, depends on a few things. One, the Phillies are in a contention window, and so they can't afford to let too many prospects be up and learn on the job at the big league level. I expect Andrew Painter, if he looks as good as he did last year, to get called up and get some starts. Uh, Mick Abel is going to be, do they have injuries and or a need for him to come up? And also, can he click in and fix a couple small things? So right now, plus fastball sits at 95, tops at around 99. He can get swings and misses with it. Tons of spin to it. Got good vertical break to it. Uh, He threw it about 60% of the time last year. Uh, To go along with it, he's got a plus slider in the hard 80s. Or in the late 80s, it has like a hard dive to it at the, at the end of the pitch. Uh, that's his best chase pitch. So swing and miss is from the fastball. Chase is from the slider. Like 33% swing and miss on that. Or 33% chase rate on that. And he didn't always land the, sh- the slider exactly as he wanted to at times last year. To go along with that, he's got a changeup that he was trying to work in more last year. Sits in the high 80s. It's got a tumble, late life to it. Uh, And again, looks like it could be a plus pitch, but it's not as consistent as it needs to be. He has a curveball that's a distant fourth. It's uh, every now and then, you know, 2% of the time just to surprise somebody or keep them on their toes, steal strike here and there. But he's just a, he's a a large human being, 6'5", 190. And so because of his size, he sometimes struggles to keep everything synchronized. He's got those long levers like we talk about plenty. And so he has some command issues and some consistency issues. So if he can work out some of that, be a little more consistent with placing the slider, have the changeup 
look like it's on more than it's not. Uh, and then I think he would be a candidate to get some starts in midseason if you had a need in the rotation. I still don't think you're going to let Painter and Abel start two of every five games during the regular season because you're trying to contend for a division title. But if somebody gets injured and or Abel looks really good, you could see both of them up. Yes. Uh, Joseph on YouTube asked about Logan O'Hoppy. Is he going to break spring training as the number one catcher for the Angels over Max Stasi? And the answer is yes. So 2018, 23rd rounder out of high school. One of those rare, super late guys. Was traded last year. There was multiple trades between the Phillies and the Angels. I think that one was the Brandon Marsh trade. But 104 games in the minors in double A between Philly and Los Angeles last year. 283, 416, 544. 26 home runs, 41 extra base hits, 70 walks to 74 strikeouts, and 7 of 11 on stolen bases. And in particular, when he got traded to the Angels, he was in double A Rocket City uh, in Madison, Alabama. 29 games and went on an absolute binge. Hit 11 home runs. Slash line was 306, 473, 674. Earned him a brief call up the last weekend of the season. He got five games in the bigs, 16 plate appearances, added 286, 375, 286. Uh, no home runs, no extra base hits, no steals, two walks, three strikeouts. So, plus defensive catcher, plus arm. Uh, zero questions about the defense and, and how that's going to play. He's going to be a plus defender in the bigs on day one. Uh, he, he, blocks, he, he blocks well, a ball in the dirt. He's going to block it. Uh, when he's trying to throw, the pop time's good. The release is good. The actual arm itself is strong and accurate. He's got everything he needs to be a plus catcher defensively. Offensively, he makes good contact at the plate. And... I think he has above average power. He's worked on some stuff mechanically to let that power show up in games. So at the alternate site in 2020, and then after the season, he went to driveline in Seattle. Uh, the bat path is a little is a little flatter. It used to be kind of a severe uppercut, and you'd have swing and miss in there. And so now it looks like it's an impact bat where he can probably be a 20 to 25 home run guy while giving you plus defense behind the plate. He's absolutely going to be the starter over Max Stassi. Max Stassi still has a job because Max Stassi's owned a bunch of money in this last season of his deal. But Logan O'Hoppy is the number one uh, catcher with the caveat of, of if he completely collapses during spring training, I understand them thinking with Stassi is number one, but I don't expect that to happen. Uh, last question was from uh, Seth on Twitter was about the Cubs' long-term plans at third base. I think the long-term plan is probably James Triantos. Uh, so 2021 second rounder out of high school. He's a plus hitter, above average power. Dude's got like elite bat speed, solid plate discipline, and good foot speed. So like offensively, he's what you need. Uh, 113 games in low A last year. 272, 335, 386, seven home runs, 32 extra base hits. 39 walks to 81 strikeouts and 20 to 23 on stolen bases. Um, defensively, that's where the questions are. He's got an above average arm, but the action, the arm action is kind of inefficient. And so he has accuracy issues because of that. The ball gets there, but not where it's supposed to be. Uh, 
he moved from a as a from a, he was a prep shortstop and he moved to third base and so because of that he's got some some internal clock issues not quite dialed in yet for the different angle and so he rushes some things he doesn't have to uh, kind of leads to some sloppy errors and then he just needs to work on the hands and feet staying in sync so he can get everything behind his throws and being a solid platform to make the throw now that's something that you see a lot with young players, especially after position change. I'm not worried about it. I think there's a reason that he's probably going to come out. I haven't finished the Cubs yet, but I want to say he's going to be probably just outside the top 10 to open the season. And in the meantime, they're going to make it work. They've got options, Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell, things like that. But he seems to be the future at third base from what I can tell. If you're a Cubs fan and you think something different, feel free to let us know. Hop in the comments and let us know. Great week this week. We're starting our team previews. We're going to go through every farm system, cover the top prospects, uh, a picture of the system, some of the mid-level guys you need to know, possible breakouts, uh, who's that super huge power guy that can't hit in every system because every system has one, uh, things like that. So stay tuned to that. We're going to have shows dropping in your feed Tuesday through Saturday every week for the next six weeks with all of this. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.